Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, welcome to Breaking the Huddle, everybody. I'm Joel Klatt here from Fox Sports. And Breaking the Huddle is presented by Dr. Pepper at every tailgate and home gate. It's the one that fans crave. We're back for another season here for Breaking the Huddle, and I'm really excited about it. Um, format's going to be a little bit different. We're at this cool new set, so we'll have uh, like nice pictures and helmets all season long. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Remember, download this as a podcast as well as watching on Facebook Live. Be interactive with us. Throw us your comments. And as always, share it with your friends so that your friends can be a part of it and that we can also uh, geek out with everybody here on college football. So I want to dive right into it. It's our first show of the year, and let's start with my top 10 teams in the country. Um, Let's go. Number 10, the Wisconsin Badgers. All right, so here's the deal with Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got a great schedule, first and foremost. That's going to help them probably the most of anything this year, but also they've got 15 starters back. They're going to be able to run the football well. Their defense might be one of the better defenses in the entire Big Ten Conference, and I know they lost their coordinator, Justin Wilcox, who, remember, moves on to Cal to be their head coach, but they've got one of the best young coaches, I think, in the country as their defensive coordinator. Let's move on. Number nine, a team that I'm going to put at nine to start the year but I think they are a playoff team um, because the road to the playoff, I think, is pretty clear for them. Oklahoma State. So the Oklahoma State Cowboys have what I believe is the most powerful offense in the entire country. This is a team with a core of wide receivers led by James Washington, which is the deepest in the country. Uh, And there really isn't any question about that. The margin between Oklahoma State and the second-best team as far as wide receivers go is pretty wide. They've got a quarterback that's likely to be in the top three quarterbacks taken, top four quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft, and Mason Rudolph. Oh, by the way, a little sneak peek into a little later in the show, Mason Rudolph is going to be my Heisman Trophy pick. Um, This is a great team. Mike Gundy is comfortable in his own skin. The mullet is unbelievable. I mean... It really is unbelievable. So all those nice things to say, and now I'm about to make Oklahoma State fans really mad because at number eight, here's the Oklahoma Sooners. I could easily have put Oklahoma higher on this list, and I almost did. In fact, when I was going through the summer and I was making my top ten list, I really had Oklahoma somewhere in the 4-5 range most of the summer, and then Bob Soup's left. So I know it's the same program. It's going to be the same players that are going out there regardless of who leads them out there, but I think it's a big deal. 
Bob Stoops was one of the best coaches that we've had in college football in a long time. He spent 18 years there. He won 10 Big 12 championships. Let me put that into context. He won 10 Big 12 championships and only lost nine games at home his entire career. So he won more league championships than he lost games at home. That's incredible. It's staggering. He was one of the coaches that had won a national championship. That's become a real rarity in our sport. And so Lincoln Riley, that's nothing against Lincoln. I think Lincoln could be a really good and fine head coach, but it's not Bob Stoops. And so for that reason, I have him at number eight. Let's move to number seven and a team that I have higher than most because I am a total Kool-Aid drinker. That's right. I drink the blue Kool-Aid of the Michigan Wolverines. I have them at number seven. So a little peek under the curtain. I love Jim Harbaugh. Love him. I think he is one of the most, well, let me put it a different way. I think he is a breath of fresh air for college football. A guy that will actually speak his mind, be proactive in trying to help the player's cause, point out the wrongs in which the NCAA has operated in a certain fashion for years, decades. Um, oh, by the way, he's a great coach. Listen, people love to hate Jim Harbaugh. I get it. I mean, they can say it's, it's a shtick or he doesn't have a ring, so on and so forth. The guy was unreal at San Diego. He went to Stanford, took a 1-11 team, ended up 12-1, and and won an Orange Bowl. The guy goes to San Francisco and immediately is in the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game. He comes to Michigan. They go from 5-7 and seven to 10-3. and three. Last year, they're 10-3, and three, lose three games by a total of five points, and we're on the doorstep of the playoff. Jim Harbaugh can coach. Okay, I need to go a little quicker, but Penn State is at number six. So Penn State is a team that has three main things that I think will, ha- will allow them to have a great season. First and foremost is their quarterback and running back. That's where everyone's going to look, along with their head coach, James Franklin. It's a great combination. I love Trace McSorley, his willingness to go down the field, take shots, big plays, fourth quarter comebacks, second half comebacks. I just love everything about the way that he plays. He's in the backfield with what I would deem the best running back in the country, Saquon Barkley. The guy is He's nimble. He's, he's got great agility. He makes people miss in the open field. He can run between the tackles. When you hit him, it's like a stick of dynamite explodes. The guy's powerful and fast. Like I said, best running back in the country. And then two other things. One is Joe Moorhead. No one talks about Joe Moorhead. Who's Joe Moorhead? He's the offensive coordinator for the Nittany Lions. He was in his first year a year ago. He comes in. He's a former head coach. And he had head coaching opportunities to leave in the offseason. And he stayed. That's one of the best recruiting jobs that James Franklin did this offseason was maintaining Joe Moorhead, his offensive coordinator. Just look at what they were as an offense in the back half of the season versus the first half. It's pretty drastic. Speaking of drastic, they're improving numbers from the first half of the season on defense. That's my third reason. Jason Cabinda, a name not many people bring up. Jason Cabinda is their middle linebacker. He was hurt early in the season, namely in that Michigan game. And when he was healthy and in the back half of the season, they improved 10 points per game. No joke, 10 points. They went from, like, giving up 31 per to 21 per, and then they make the run and ultimately land as Big Ten champions and in the Rose Bowl. So Penn State is at number uh, number six, and I think they're going to have an incredible year. At number five, here we go, top five. 
the Washington Huskies. Uh, don't sleep on the Huskies. I think nationally, people think, okay, they made their one-year run. That was great. That was cute. It's Boise State style. No, no. They're here, and they're here to stay. Washington's going to be really good. Okay, so Washington's going to be a clear favorite in the North, in the Pac-12, uh, as we get into the top four. So as we start the season in the top four, uh, i got to put Florida State in there. The reason I've got Florida State in there is defense. Defense, defense, defense. This defense is as good as any in the country. I think between Clemson and Florida State, those are your two most dominant defenses in the country this season. Right behind them, you're going to have Alabama and Ohio State. So you're getting a theme of kind of where I'm going here outside of one of the teams. Um, great defense. Derwin James is back in the safety position. He's one of, if not the most impressive looking players in the entire country. Their secondary is as good as anybody. The one area that they've got to clean up, DeAndre, DeAndre Francois, their quarterback, guys, he took 30, I think it was six sacks a year ago, which is like 109th in the country. They have got to protect him. So, yeah, you can say, hey, he's tough and his teammates love him because he showed that he's tough. Wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to show you were tough as a quarterback? I would love that. I mean, I would love that a lot. This is a picture of uh, myself getting hammered against Texas. Gotta love it. Just a quick reminder. Wouldn't it be great if quarterbacks didn't have to prove they were tough? I think that would be awesome. I think it would be awesome if DeAndre Francois did not have to prove that he was tough. Um, I do love Florida State. If they can clean up protection of the quarterback, Cam Akers coming in at the running back position, Florida State's going to be a tough out. And that's going to be a really tough game for Alabama in that opening week of the season in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. At number three, I'm going to go on the West Coast. I'm going to go with the USC Trojans. Your theme for me in the top five is going to be one of two things or both. Great defense, great quarterbacks. And USC certainly has a great quarterback. I think he's the best quarterback that we've got in college football. The NFL believes that, the way that he played in his last nine starts last year in that nine-game winning streak. That proves that Sam Darnold is just flat sensational. What I love about Sam is he's not mechanical. What we've got right now is an epidemic in football at all levels that we want quarterbacks to look, behave, and play mechanically. We put them in individual private lessons when they're a kid. They're not tennis players and golfers. Folks, stop doing that. Stop spending money on people like me or other people to get them in some rhythmic throwing. They're not pitchers in baseball. They're not going to have a repeatable delivery off the mound. What you have to do as a quarterback is be able to improvise in your platform and play the position more like a shortstop would play baseball. You're going to be off platform. You're going to throw from all different angles. You're going to have to manage certain situations. Guess what Sam Darnold does? All of those things, which is why I love him. The one thing you don't want to sleep on for USC, their defense is tremendous. Clancy Pendergast, their defensive coordinator, has what I think is the most underrated defense in the Pac-12. Watch out for Porter Gustin. Porter Gustin could turn out to be your sack leader in the country. Saw him practice during the course of spring and now fall camp, and I think he's primed for one of the bigger seasons out there from a pass-rushing capacity. All right, top two. I know I've taken a lot of time, but top two. And this is, listen, you can go either way. You really can. I'm going to go here. Alabama at number two. And it's almost like you have to, instead of praising them for being what 
what I would say is the second best team in the country right now, you almost have to give an excuse why they're not number one. I, I mean, I don't have an excuse. They lost a lot of NFL talent off their defense. I fully expect their defense to be really good. Um, they lose their tight end, O.J. Howard. They didn't really utilize him all that much anyways. They're going to be great on the offensive line. They're going to be great on the defensive line. Alabama's a great program. I'm going to get into a little bit later and talk about why Alabama has almost ruined the SEC conference as we know it, in particular of the last decade, this quote-unquote power conference. They've demolished it, totally demolished it. There is not a gap larger between the best team in a conference and the rest of their conference than Alabama and the rest of the SEC. They are tremendous. I love everything about Alabama. I fully expect them to play for the national championship against Ohio State. And the only reason that I've got Ohio State up here is I think that they're going to be a little bit more dynamic rushing the passer. That is literally the only thing that I have separating Ohio State and Alabama. Ohio State is 4-5 deep at the defensive line, in particular pass rushing position. they got Tyquan Lewis, who is the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. They've got Nick Bosa. They've got Sam Hubbard. They've got good linebackers. That's going to make it easier on them to break in a new secondary. Remember, they're missing three of the four secondary players from a year ago. That defense is going to be very, very good. I also think it could be a more aggressive defense. Luke Fickle was a co-defensive coordinator with Greg Schiano a year ago. Luke Fickle moves on. He's now the head coach at Cincinnati. That leaves Greg Schiano, who's a bit more aggressive. So look for Ohio State to actually look a little bit more like what Michigan did a year ago. Don Brown, the coordinator for Michigan, and Greg Schiano, the coordinator from Ohio State, very creative, very aggressive in their blitz package. And not to mention Kevin Wilson. Kevin Wilson is, I think, the biggest addition to any team in college football. The former head coach at Indiana, former offense coordinator at Oklahoma when they had Sam Bradford and that incredible offense, he is now the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. If JT Barrett can return to 2014 form where he averaged nine yards per attempt, Ohio State's going to be tough to beat. But if he's throwing for under seven yards per attempt and the defense can squeeze down like Clemson did in the uh, college football playoff a year ago and then it makes it tougher on them to run the football, that's when Ohio State struggles. I believe they'll throw the ball down the field. It'll be more like 2014. It's going to help their run game, and it's going to help them develop on the offensive line, which they needed a year ago. So long-winded roll-through of my top ten. There you have it, all haters. At Joel Clad on Twitter, if I left your team out, it means I have a deep bias against them or a conspiracy and I hate them. So this summer I was thinking a lot about just college football in general and how it's changed in the playoff era. And the playoff has made one thing really important, which is how strong is your conference? And so we constantly talk about which conference is the best. And dating back to 2006, the SEC had that conversation in a virtual headlock. They were the best conference in the country. They had the best coaches. They had the best record. They had the most players drafted. They won all the national championships until Florida State nabs a, champ uh, a championship. They were the kings of college football, and it created a lot of jealousy elsewhere in the country, in particular in Big Ten country. Um, but as I was looking at college football this year, I think it has become a myth that they still have that headlock on the title king of college football. 
I'm going to give you three very clear reasons why I think that the SEC's dominance over college football is over, and now it's more of a perception, and they could be categorized as, I think, overrated as a conference. One is the clear dominance of one team in particular. The data will show you that Alabama's dominance over the rest of the SEC is better than any other team's dominance over the rest of their conference. Let me put that down into numbers now. Alabama, in their last 27 SEC games, and that includes three championship games, they are 25-2 and in those games. Okay, the next best record in those three years in the SEC is Florida, which is seven games back. Seven full games back from Alabama. If you go and look at any other conference, Ohio State only has a three-game edge on Wisconsin, who's 20-5. and five. Stanford and USC are both tied. Uh, Oklahoma only has a three-game lead on TCU in the last three years. Clemson and Florida State are within two games. Bama outgains their opponent in conference play by 150 yards. The next closest team in the SEC only outgains their opponents by about 20 to 25. Clear dominance. Alabama has established that. And at that point, you start to separate the men from the boys. The number two reason is the coaching roster. Uh, touched on this a little bit earlier. They were the kings of college football for a long time because they had the best coaches. And you got to give them a lot, a lot of credit because they invested all the athletic directors and the booster clubs, and they got their wallets out, and they paid these guys a lot of money. But it's no longer the case. All you have to do is create this little exercise, and it's something that I've done with Colin Coward on his show. If, and I'm not saying he's going to, if Nick Saban leaves Alabama, retires a la Bob Stoops in the middle of the summer, and all of a sudden Greg Byrne, the new athletic director there in Tuscaloosa, has to fill that coaching vacancy, create the list of coaches that he would call, and you don't get to an SEC coach until maybe 20 or 22. All you got to do, just go through the coaches. You got to call Urban Meyer. You got to call Jim Harbaugh. You got to call John Gruden. You got to call Chris Peterson. You got to call David Shaw. Uh, you're going to call Jimbo Fisher. You're going to call Dabo Sweeney. You're probably going to call Adam Gase of the Miami Dolphins, who's got a college background when he was a GA for Nick Saban at Michigan State. You're probably going to call Josh McDaniels. You're probably going to call Mark D'Antonio and James Franklin. You're probably going to call, shoot, a guy like Mike Gundy before you're ever going to get to an SEC coach. You're not calling Brett Bielema. You're not going to call Jim McElwain. Maybe, maybe Jim McElwain, but it's going to be a fringe candidate. So the coaching roster in the league is not nearly what it was or what it used to be or what some other conferences are right now. And the third clear reason is the play on the field. And this is pretty distinct. If you take Alabama out, out of the equation, which they've – clearly established their dominance to a point where they're almost their own entity. So if you look at what the ACC did to the SEC a year ago, it was drastic. It was dominant. The ACC did an unbelievable job. If you look at the number of teams ranked in the top 10 at the end of the uh, season last year, it was four teams from the Big Ten. Four. 40% of the top 10 was from the Big Ten Conference. So while the conference is still tough, and I get it and I understand that, no team won double-digit games except for Alabama. No team lost less than four games except for Alabama. It's a conference of 13 average teams right now and one elite, great, historically great, generationally great 
program under Nick Saban. That's why for my money, if I'm going to pick the best conference in the country, it's easily between the ACC and the Big Ten. I think that the ACC has done a marvelous job. Clemson winning the national championship. Florida State winning the national championship a couple of years ago. But they don't have the volume that the Big Ten does. The Big Ten has four legitimate playoff contending teams, coaches, rosters. And so for my money, this year, in 2017, the Big Ten is the best conference in college football. All right, Angry Joel, clap back, whatever we're going to call this. This is my turn to get a little snooty with some of you that decide that you're going to have Twitter muscles. So this could become my favorite segment of our little show here on Breaking the Huddle. Um, so I put out a bunch of lists to kick off the season, and one of them was my top five quarterbacks list. Top five quarterbacks list. There are so many different styles of guys out there. There are guys that are great pocket passers. There are guys that are really good in the NFL's eyes. So th those guys that you don't hear a lot about, like Josh Allen from Wyoming or Tanner, Tanner Lee, the transfer from Tulane going to Nebraska, um, Colton Thorson at Northwestern, these guys are going to get a lot of attention. Luke Falk at Washington State when it comes to the NFL, Josh Rosen at UCLA. Then you got the guys that are just great college players like Lamar Jackson, who is a great college player. He's exciting. He's a playmaker. Hence, I didn't have him on my quarterbacks list because he didn't show great quarterbacking. Listen, you got to control the game from the pocket to be on my quarterbacks list, but everyone was still upset about that. So rather than me def defend it with reason and reasonable thought, I'm just going to read some tweets here. Don at TV Time 44, apparently you're a basement critic, says, this must be a just on Fox, quote unquote, top five. Ever heard of Lamar Jackson? Yeah, guy, I have, actually. He won the Heisman Trophy last year, and if this was a just on Fox, I probably would have included him because Saturday, September 2nd, guess who's on Fox? Yeah, pal, Lamar Jackson's playing Purdue in Indianapolis on Fox. How about that, Don? Didn't think I would guy you right off the bat, did you? Yeah, you got guyed and palled. Congratulations. Then I got this one. At, is this Latrell Rusty? Is that a real name? I'm sorry. So he says, Lamar, you ever heard of him? He is the one with the Heisman. I have heard of him. Pay attention this year and you might learn something. That's what I haven't been doing. I haven't been paying attention. That's right. That's why I stood there for 17 minutes and gave you all those thoughts on the top 10 earlier in this show. Way to go. Latrell Rusty. I hope that's just a handle. Then I got this because JT Barrett was number two. I mean, the guy's going to leave Ohio State, the all-time leader in passing. It's also a list that I was projecting to be what they're going to do this year and with Kevin Wilson and, and Urban Meyer, I think JT Barrett could have much more of a 2014-esque season when he was like, what, 30-some-odd touchdowns and like seven interceptions. Um, Zane, at CryMazin, underscore Tide28. Oh, you're my favorite. Bama fans, you're my favorite. No question about it. I still can't believe you put a dude who couldn't complete a forward pass last year at two. 
there's so much wrong like there's so much wrong with that bama guy you should your handle should be like at bama guy underscore 1078 because i get the same tweet from bama fans as this he couldn't complete a forward pass zane he completed several He's thrown 60 touchdowns in his career, over 60 touchdowns. He might leave as the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten's one of their all-time leaders in touchdowns accounted for when he leaves. So he can clearly throw a forward pass. And I do think that, uh, Zane, you're going to face him when you get to the national championship game. And I'm going to pick Ohio State in that game just to spite you, Zane. I hope you're okay with that. And then my favorite, Jay Smitty, replies – with the middle finger. Jay, touche, sir. Touche. Hey, I'm Joel Clad. It's that time. Let's get down to it. Heisman Trophy hopefuls. Let's start with the dark horse, a guy that some people have talked about, but not everybody, Quentin Flowers. This is a guy at South Florida that had massive numbers a year ago and nobody realized it. Now the three guys that I think are just absolute locks to go to New York. I'm going to start with Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. He was a 196 efficiency rating. That's the greatest in the history of our sport a year ago. Man with the trophy already on his mantle. Lamar Jackson, fully expect him to be right back. Sam Darnold will be in New York. I don't think he's going to win because the target is too big. The guy who I think is going to win the Heisman Trophy, Mason Rudolph at Oklahoma State. He's this perfect combination of on the radar, yet not the favorite, where we're going to pay attention to him as he puts up gaudy numbers when they're likely undefeated through the first half of the season, maybe three quarters of the season before they play Oklahoma. And yet he's not the favorite, so we're not going to expect him to be perfect every single week. Mason Rudolph and that offense and that wide receiver core is going to put up huge numbers, and we're going to be following him each and every week en route to what I think is a Heisman Trophy for Oklahoma State. So there you have it. Those were my top five guys for the Heisman Trophy this season. And speaking of the Heisman Trophy, we decided to bring in our very own Heisman Trophy That's winner, <laughs> Matt Leinert. Like 20 years ago now. Yeah, but it's still, yeah. I mean, the, tr the trophy still remains. Yeah, You're a Heisman is. winner, my friend. It's on the floor. <laughs> um, let's talk about this crop yeah. of players because this year I feel like we've got a really deep pool of players, not just from the quarterback position, right. even though all the guys that I uh, mentioned in that piece were quarterbacks, but running backs are some great wide receivers. So let me start with this. Who are your top five guys going into the season on your Heisman list? This, like you said, the list is always hard because preseason doesn't really mean a lot of these guys may not even. Were finish. you a preseason favorite? I I was. <laughs> I, I think I, I finished sixth. The, my first year starting was sixth when Jason White won, um, and then going in. But I don't know. It's a long time ago. Um, <laughs> so but like humble. you said, this is the deepest quarterback group I think we've yeah. had in a long time. Um, but if I go top five going into the season, I got Darius Geis at LSU who I love. I think uh, what he showed last year, the flashes with Matt Canada as a new offensive coordinator, obviously yeah. if they get adequate quarterback play. I mean, just any it, at it, all. Honestly, it's like all it got to be slightly above average, and that'll just help open up this offense. It's like sliding think, a credit card um, under a vertical right? jump. It's just like anything. But he was outstanding last year with no quarterback play. So yeah. I think, and he's a running back, and you just never know. Um, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, I feel like... No one's talking about him, which is which is mind-boggling to me because I know I know last year he, he took college football by storm and 
the, you know, they lost three games in a row to end the season, but the kid is really special, and he's a rare talent. And he's yeah, the we, we just Heisman. received uh, some tweets about Lamar Jackson in our, in our last block. Were so. they good or bad? Oh, people were not happy with me. Oh, because about... he's, not, he's not on, yeah. Well, you're he not... wasn't on my top five quarterbacks list. But it was a quarterback oh, list, yeah, which involved, a, like, take a lot of heat for that. controlling the game from the pocket. You're right. I, I think if you're just looking at quarterbacks, He's probably not even top five quarterback. Right, but that, that, which was the list. He's the guy best, he's the, on Twitter. <laughs> he's the best athlete in college football by far. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And he, I, he just has to be on the list. He's the reigning Heisman champ. He's, I think he's gonna improve from last year. I think he can only get better, which is kind of scary. Throwing the ball. Throwing the ball. Yeah. I mean, again, he is what he is. But he's. Uh, uh, I had a chance to sit down with him a couple weeks ago. He's a really good kid. He's humble. He really, really wants to get better at sure. quarterback. Um, so keep an eye on him. Obviously. He's got a great coach. He's in got Bob a great Petrino. coach. Um, and contrary to popular belief, Twitter muscles, yeah, I love not, Lamar. Jack. Like I love Lamar. Jack. He would be super like well liked on Twitter a lot of the times because he just easy, he easy just like to ruffle the feathers. I don't ruffle any feathers. What? Wait, what are we <laughs> talking? How did this get on? All right, let me off go the rails. Number three. Okay, okay, go. Number three, Saquon Barkley. You've called you called this game. You called a couple games last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean it's it's an all right pick. Yeah, he's only the best running back in college football. I mean, it's like, do he we give the like Heisman? 950 pounds. Are we giving the Heisman out for squatting? Um, he's the best running back in college football. <laughs> I think because he's in the Big Ten, Penn State, listen, they're top, what, top five or six this yeah. year. And, and to, we all know, with exception to last year, to win a Heisman, you have to, you have to be on a, a championship type sure. of team. I mean, obviously, Lamar Jackson was just a rare player that we hadn't seen in a long time so i think penn state's got a shot with him uh, baker mayfield i love i know you love baker mayfield i do love baker um love the way he plays he's got that gunslinger i love the him, passion you know? he plays with chip on his shoulder uh it'll be interesting without p ryan and mixon and dd westbrook i know they have guys but that's a lot of sure. great players gone um which i could see him more, pressing a little bit i was gonna say it's gonna it's either gonna that is either gonna help or hurt him in this yeah. he's either gonna carry this team and he's gonna be exceptional or He's going to have some growing pains trying to do too much, yeah. which he's, he does at times already. And then Sam Darnold is my number one guy. Um, do you guys, like, call each other on the phone and sing the fight song? You know what we say? We're like, hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> bro. What's up, bro? So um, Cal, bro, Cal, dude. That, you, I know you've talked to him. That, that, I love he's, Sam. He is. Personality, play, He's, he's really all special. He's really got that quality that's just, it's like Deshaun Watson for me last year. Just the the poise, the leadership, just game on the line. He's gonna win. Like he's gonna go out there and win. You want him to have the ball, and I just think there's a lot of expectations on USC this year. There's a lot of pressure, but he's kind of the one one of the few guys that I think can just like it doesn't phase him at yeah. all. You know, and I expect a big year. So we'll see. I mean, who knows with this list? And there's there's a ton of Mason Rudolph. I know there's a ton of other guys that deserve to be on. And it. here's here's the hard part when when concocting lists like this and and trying to do even for from a Vegas standpoint, trying to do the odds. For the Heisman Trophy, if you go back to 2009, okay, so not that long, but there have been 71 players that have entered the season with odds at 20 to 1 or better. Okay, so essentially the favorites, the top, mm -hmm. let's call it 8 to 9 favorites, usually have odds at 20 to 1 or better to win the Heisman Trophy. Only one of those 71 players ended up winning the Heisman Trophy. That was Marcus Mariota. So it just goes to show you, in our sport, we love to tear down the front runners right. and allow a guy to come from kind of behind or, or um, further back to win it, in particular the ones that flash numbers like a Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. or 
um, any of those guys, like a Johnny Menzel, any of those things. So there's a lot of contenders this year. Um, what is it, at my liner QB? At my line, come on, man, at my liner QB. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know it's your really Twitter handle off, off the top of you my head. You call me Guy, too. It's fine. Appreciate you being uh, on the buddy. program, my man. Awesome. Um, I picked Mason, which you saw in that previous uh, Dark little Horse. feature. Dark Horse Heisman for you. Quentin Flowers. Quentin Flowers. I uh, hope you enjoyed the entirety of the program in the new version here of Breaking the Huddle. Uh, Breaking the Huddle is going to be live with you on Facebook every single week on Wednesdays, generally. Uh, we'll get a time out there for all of you to set your alarms and get your friends ready so you can be involved with the show. And then subscribe to us as a podcast because you can listen to us as a podcast if you do miss the show live. Again, my name's Joel Klatt. This show, as always, brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.